are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson Show. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move across the NFL. Get your picks and previews and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Friday edition of the show alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. It's episode five of five this week. Downloaded into your phone when you subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your shows. About that, though, real quick before we get into today's show, Gino, for our Apple podcast users, there have been some difficulties, I guess, the last couple of weeks updating our episodes. And it's not just us. It's across the Lockdown Podcast Network and other shows as well. So if you do, and I do listen to most of my podcasts on Apple, and so there's been a problem with refreshing the shows and getting new ones up. So if you're wondering why there's been no shows this week, there actually have been four, um, but you can find them on any other platform. So for this week, I'd suggest going to Spotify, Google Play. The Odyssey app is great. So uh, Gino did a great show yesterday, and I did uh, three other ones this week. So you can find all four of them on any other podcast platform um, Gino, we're going to talk today about, because I think you probably saw yesterday, the pro football focus Eagles account tweeted out and like PFF has been doing this after the draft, like who's stopping this offense. Right. And it shows Justin Fields, then Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery. They showed the Eagles, right? It's Jalen hurts. It's Devonte Smith, Jalen Rager, and it's Miles Sanders. And people were kind of having fun with that, right? Because nobody expects the Eagles to be a juggernaut offense in 2021. So like I did this too. I said, who's stopping this offense? And I used Sam Bradford, Wendell Smallwood, Miles Austin, and Doriel Green Beckham. And so I don't know. I just, I don't like those tweets because again, I don't think they're going to be the powerhouse they were in 2017 on offense. But at the same time, man, like that tweet does have some basis when you look at those players and you look at the young core they have, like, I do think this is going to be a very exciting offense to watch this year. That doesn't mean they're going to win nine straight like in 2017. But I think, like again, the tweet is kind of ridiculous in the sense that they're not going to be an elite unit, but they are going to be entertaining for sure. I mean, on-the-field product, I think, should be fun. That's what it all comes down to, too, is they're not going to be world beaters. We know that, but they're going to be in a better situation than they were last year and frankly probably the year before that too at the wide receiver position and you look at 2016 and it was kind of funny that you did that tweet and you look at what the offense kind of was at that 2015-2016 point Mm -hmm. it was an older Darren Sproles it was a mix of Wendell Smallwoods and all these guys that really weren't top end backs you go out and trade for Doriel Green Beckham he doesn't work Bryce Treggs is in the equation for a little bit (laughs) you sign Miles Austin and To me, it was just like you were reacting to trying to fill that position when you knew you didn't have players to play there. And even in 2016 and 17, when they added Alshon Jeffrey, that wasn't a lot of speed. They had to go out and get Torrey Smith to even get somebody that can run. And they've been trying to replace that element for quite some time. And instead of being reactive and going and getting 
Torrey Smiths and Deshaun Jackson's Mike now. Wallace, right? Mike Wallace, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish he stayed healthy because I, I know I, he didn't even play. That's kind of disappointing. One game, man. I know one yeah. game and like a couple snaps in the next game. But yeah. now looking at it this year, you're being proactive, not for 2021, but like 2022 and 2023. This offense should be very fun because you're going into next season with 10 picks next year already, Lou. I mean, right. they could walk away with 12 to 15 picks at this rate, the rate mm-hmm. that they're acquiring picks. So th- this offense is only going to get better. And what you have now that you haven't had in the last, I would say, near decade or so since mm-hmm. young Deshaun and young Jeremy Macklin and right, young like Shady McCoy. 2010. Yeah, you have athleticism, you have versatility, you have optionality, and above all, you have speed and lateral quickness for once that you haven't had. Yeah. Look at Alshon Jeffrey. Look at even Torrey Smith. I mean, he couldn't run anything other than a straight line. Right. Nelson Aguilar was your deep threat really in 2017 mm-hmm. and in 2018. There's a lot of dynamic weapons. And again, Gino, I don't know how good they're going to be, but right. it does give me, again, like I don't think they're going to be 2010 where Michael Vick, you know, Jalen Hurts wins. He's a near MVP candidate like Vick was, or I don't right. know if Miles Sanders takes that McCoy step yet or you know, Jalen Rager becomes your Deshaun Jackson. I'm, I'm not sure, but it does have that similar dynamic style where Jalen Hurts, you have that mobile quarterback, right? You do have that do-it-all weapon in the backfield like LaShawn McCoy was in Miles Sanders. And then you have a really good tight end in Dallas Goddard. And then Devontae Smith's your all-around Jeremy Macklin, but I think way better. And then Jalen Rager, you got Kenneth Gainwell, even like your, even your role players, you know, like you said, they're explosive. Like between mm-hmm. Kenneth Gainwell Quez Watkins, John Hightower, those are field stretchers as well that can take a 10-yard pass to the house. So, yeah, I'm just talking more entertainment level, like the Mm -hmm. product on the field more so than the success level, I think will be very fun. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, even if you watched the the few little highlights that Jalen Hurts had with Devonta Smith in college, there's a bunch of times when Devonta just has a nice little swing out pass mm-hmm. behind the line of scrimmage where he can do what he needs to do. Right. A little slant route across the middle where he beats his guy one-on-one. Jalen got the ball out quick. And I jokingly put a tweet out uh, right after they drafted him. If you line up Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, and Jalen Rager in a trip set, yeah, you can. I mean, just the entertainment to see. Okay, what's going to happen? Teams aren't guessing. You know, when when uh, Nelson Aguilar was here and he's lined up on the outside in a trip set, he's getting the ball. You right. kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah. It was kind of black and white and vanilla what the Eagles were doing on offense. Now, just from a chess match point of view. It's just going to be fun to see what they can do because you're going to see times when Kenneth Gainwell, who's drafted as a running back, might be your best slot receiver option. Well, what if it's like an empty set? I was watching a lot of Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma the other day, and I thought he did way better when everything was spaced out. And I'm just imagining like a formation mm-hmm. of Devontae on the outside and Rager spread out, Goddard, Kenneth Gainwell in the slot, Quez Watkins. There's so much ability there. And again, there's mm-hmm. no proven ability yet, but there is just a lot of potential that's extremely exciting. And, and you mentioned Devontae and the highlights with him and Jalen Hurts at Alabama. And we talk about Quez, right? You saw him take that one pass to the house against Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know, he has that rep, uh, that reputation. And so does Rager. Like those are seen as the field stretchers. And um, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be that weapon too. But even your Devontae Smith, your wide receiver one, that's supposed to be the do-it-all guy. He led college football last year in yards after the catch in yards down the field and in the screen game. So like Devontae's is not, it's kind of like the Macklin Deshaun Jackson thing where Macklin was that good to run after the catch at Missouri and Philly, but he just happened to be next to the greatest deep threat maybe ever. And so I think it's the same thing with Smith. He's with these other guys that are going to have that role, but 
I mean, he is a field stretcher too in his own right. There's a lot of speed on this offense. And that's the thing. We kind of have no idea what we are going to get. Like when you signed Torrey Smith, you knew what you were going to have. When yeah. you signed Alshon, you knew what you were going to get out of that. Uh, a lot of the backs that they picked up in the fourth, fifth round undrafted free agency mm-hmm. really didn't make things happen for them. But now you just are just accumulating speed and talent all around the ball. And we haven't even mentioned guys like Dallas Goddard, who will be in the equation. Boston Scott, Lou, I mean, if he's your third running back option as a receiving threat, that's a good place to be because I you know mentioned Goddard too. Run after the catch wise might be one of the best tight ends in football in that way. hundred percent. Yeah. And and that's the thing, Lou, I think the optionality over anything is going to make it fun. Like you're not going to yeah. see guys like just uh, uh, two wide receiver set with JJ on one side and Jalen Rager on the other. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen, especially in this offense. If you go back and look at what Sirianni did at Indy guys are constantly moving. It's a constant ebb and flow of where these guys are on the field. He talked about T Y Hilton being an X receiver, yep. but really was he an X receiver? That's going to be Devonta Smith. That's going to be Jalen Rager. You're going to see those matchups. I mean, when you're going against Dallas, right? And they have to bracket Devonta Smith. Okay. Let's think for a second. They yep. got to have multiple linebackers on the field since they have a hundred of them. I mean, they drafted like 30. <laughs> Let's get Jalen Rager. Let's get Kenneth Gainwell. Let's get Miles Sanders lined up on one of those guys. Yeah. Now you have that because it's not, okay, we're going to go have our, de- our dogs go against your dogs. And you only have a couple puppies on your team, which they did last year and the year before that. They got some dudes out there that can go and win man to man matchups. And even just having Devonta opens it up in a, bunch of different ways because Jalen can win with his speed against right. off coverage. Same thing with a guy like Kenneth Gainwell. He's going to be those option route type of player where he's running those Darren Sproles type of routes for you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to win via matchups because right now there's still not a team that's going to win man to man 100% of the time, or even 50% of the time for that. You're going to win some matchups with Devonta and pick the rest with Dells Goddard. And that's sure. about all you're going to have. But looking forward, it's an exciting place to be simply because if you take even one step further next year, talking 2022 and Jalen hurts works out and he is the guy and this offense is clicking. Mm. That's when the sky's the limit. Like right now teams are going to, they'll be shit. Like keep saying they'll be shocked. Like the first three weeks, like I wouldn't be shocked if Philly comes out and starts like they did in 2016 where yeah. teams don't know how to defend them. Or even but, 2013 with the start of chip Kelly. Yes, for sure. And in 2022 and 2023, when those guys really mature, like, I mean, Devonta Smith is going to put on muscle. He's going to put on mass. He's only going to get better in his route running. He's only going to get better in his wide receiver game, which is only going to make Jalen and John Hightower and Quez Watkins and hopefully the rest of the guys on the roster better. And it's a proactive movement in the terms of we have to move into this modern NFL And not all the teams are there yet, Lou. I mean, teams are trying to get there. You see the San Francisco's, you see the Kansas City's, the Baltimore's. We're in like that second tier, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like we're there's still teams that are behind. Like right, but we could we could take a step back and be where we were before. I was nervous they were going to, but this draft as we are now. Yes, I I would definitely say as we are now, the last two drafts has put us in a much better position on the playmaking level to have success going forward where it's not just a bunch of elephants moving around on the outside. And like Alshon, you know, 12 yeah. personnel thing where it's Alshon. It's like a couple X receivers. And yeah. It's they're trying to ends. compress the throw. No, yeah. it is a spread movement game. Yep. Like you got to ha- look at Josh Allen. How many empty sets did they run with him last year? Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to do stuff like that. 
And Jalen and that's Hurts what hurts you that thriving. 11 on 11. Yes, he provides yeah, you 11 at, on 11 play yeah. as well. You look at his Oklahoma tape, Gino, and that is when he was the best with the mm-hmm. Sooners. So I'm with you. This is a much more modern offense than I think I thought maybe it was going to be heading into the offseason and what it's been in recent years. But you look at the personnel, and again, like you said, Nick Sirianni, he loves to move people around. He's not going to just throw somebody into one spot and that's it. He's going to adjust, unlike Chip Kelly at times. And so I'm really excited about the potential of this offense. And we'll keep getting into it on this Friday edition of Locked On Eagles. But guys, first, a shout out to some of our sponsors. And one of them is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You've got the playoff push right now with the NBA and the NHL. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Guys, today's show is also sponsored by Nugenics. Listen up, Eagles fans. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape for the summer absolutely free. Text DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231-231. That's DRAFT, to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Friday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked on Eagles. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri joining you. And Gino, we've been talking about this offense. And again, I, I don't think this team is going to win 12 games this year, but I think we've compared them to a couple of Eagles teams in the past, right? 2010, 2013, the start of 2016. Like those teams, I think this team has the potential to put up a lot of points. And like them, I'm not saying they're going to win four games. I think they could be a wild card team. It's just the comparison's more about the on-field offensive product. When you look at those teams, they had to score to put up, or to stay in games, right? So I think this year you should expect a lot of, I don't know if it's going to be 35, 32 every game, but I think this team is going to be able to score. And honestly, you look at those secondaries of the past were brutal. And I think this year it might be pretty bad too, at least at cornerback. So you might have to put up points to stay in games. And I think that's kind of how the whole division is going to shape out. Honestly, yeah. I think this is kind of the Big Twelve division in my in it my estimation. Is when you think about all the secondaries; they're all kind of brutal. And think of the players they have at wide receiver and at quarterback. That's a too. great point. I, mean, I like the the Big Twelve and the NFC East. It really is. I mean, I, I can't see the Eagles stopping many teams in terms of defending mm-hmm. the pass next year. And you're right, Lou. I mean, a team like Dallas, if Dak Prescott is help, healthy with all of those weapons, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to have to put up 35 points to beat that team. Even the do Giants, they, like Kadarius Tony, might be their fourth or fifth weapon. Right. Now the question is, Lou, do they finish with their points per game that they had last year, which was around what, 22, 23, or do they take a step forward and go back to what they did in 2017, 18, 19, when they were scoring 30 plus points a game? I think the explosion alone and the athleticism alone puts you in a better position for that because I mean, 
just having Devonta Smith, you're going to have a guy open down the field more times than you did last year. Probably more times than you did the year before that. Jalen Hurts, just looking at what he did last year, was more accurate pressing the ball down the field than Carson Wentz was. And that's just facts. I mean, hopefully he can continue to do that and he continues to take that next step with just how courageous he is to push the ball down the field because that's where you're going to have to win in in this game. But at the same time, Lou, you don't need to do what you did last year against Washington where you threw the ball 15 yards down the field every single throw. You can get the ball out in one and a half seconds on a quick dump off to Devonta mm-hmm. Smith on a swing pass, and that kid could take it to the house. So could Quez Watkins like we saw last year. And that's the thing you have to find is the equilibrium and the balance of this offense to put your team in a position next year to even have a chance to win games. Because even if you let's say finish six and 11 now because there's 17 games. Got to yeah. figure that math. Right. But you are able to get within one score in a lot of those games. Right. And you're able to put up 28 plus points a game that instills confidence in me, much like the 2016 Eagles did. And that's what I want to see this year, but I want to see it done in a much different fashion than what we saw in the last couple of years, which obviously with Nick Sirianni being there will be the case. And to mm-hmm. me, out of all the offenses we have seen, just from looking on paper at the players, take out quarterback, playmaking-wise, it's going to be tough to find a better group since 2014, probably, Lou. I mean, they have tons of playmakers on the outside for once. We've been waiting a while, and they finally do. I mean, you still have Zach Ertz, who we haven't even mentioned, if they don't move him. It's true. He is still on the roster, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if he's your fifth sixth receiving option which is not a bad to situation <laughs> to be in right like yeah they're gonna be much better off than they were when they had guys like bryce treggs catching the ball and pulling up guys from the practice squad and greg ward is our hero greg ward should not catch a pass next year because they have that much talent i agree on the outside and at the running back position because boston scott still should be used at wide receiver at sometimes so will kenneth gainwell so should miles sanders and if any of those individuals don't get slot snaps, plus the other wide receivers over Greg Ward, I'm going to riot because that yeah. that's just it would it give me make Nate any Geary, uh, Jalen yes. Mills vibes. You're just giving just it redundant. to yeah. going the same direction that you were in the past. Yeah, but if they go out there and they go all young up front, week one, I mean, that's that's what you want to see. I I want to see them play the young guys. Because this is the time you have to do it. You mm-hmm. you can't let them sit and wait anymore. It is their time to grasp this team and take the offense as their own. I think, too, I like what you talked about with balance, though, as well. You look at how explosive this offense is. Last year, Howie Roseman went so far into the speed thing, right, mm-hmm. where he drafted Rager, Watkins, Hightower. He traded for Marquise Goodwin as well. Got to remember that move. Um, and then you, you mentioned the week one game. They just kept pushing the ball down the field because – it was like it was like a sneeze they held in for three years because they could not do that. It was the opposite of 2019. You had to be this compressed 12, 13 personnel offense because every receiver you signed got hurt. And so it was two ends of the spectrum in 2019 and in 2020. And this year, I think there will be that balance because you do seemingly have optionality as long as these projections do end up panning out on the field. So yeah, it's exciting, man. And I think to make some like non-Eagles comparisons, you look at at least like success wise and entertainment level of this offense in 2021. It's like the Carolina Panthers last year in 2020, or you look at the 2019 Arizona Cardinals, Gino, where those teams weren't pushing for the playoffs, but the Panthers were pushing, you know, a team like the chiefs in Arrowhead. It was Mm -hmm. like 35, 32 in that game because they had D 
DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. And so those teams, Arizona too, a rookie Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. But even, even look at what they're doing year. now, Lou. I mean, yeah. they went out and get Rondell Moore, and they right. keep adding talent. It's like, you yeah. can't sit on your laurels. The Eagles mm-hmm. are so far behind the eight ball when it comes to this offensive. Like I said, they're in that second tier. Like, there are some teams that are still way behind. Like, I mean, Cincinnati, they're in their – the Jets, they're, they're still way behind. But the Eagles, they have a lot mm-hmm. of foundational pieces, in my opinion. They just needed to figure out, okay – where can we get these accessories that make the house look better? You know, yeah. Devonta you, Smith, Jalen yeah. Rager, two, three, four years behind of when they should have. But now it is encouraging to see where they are going because Lou, if they're playing football, like they did down the stretch against a team like Arizona last year, you know, and that's the result that we're seeing on offense every single mm-hmm. week. I'm happy with that. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And again, that, that game, is what I think you can expect a lot in 2021, mm-hmm. where they're going to be in it with high-powered offenses, and maybe they're going to lose a lot of close games. But it's, a, it's again, like the Panthers last year, the Cardinals, I think you're going to be a Sunday ticket team where te- like fans that aren't Eagles fans are going to want to tune in to watch Philadelphia next mm-hmm. year. And again, it's not because they're a top team in the NFL, but yeah, like that Cardinals game, they're going to be in it. It's going to be 33-26, and it's going to be Jalen Hurts battling with another fun mobile quarterback. And that's an exciting product. Again, the Eagles, they've been miserable this offseason just based on the house has collapsed. Carson Wentz got traded. Doug Peterson got fired. But when you look at the energy of Nick Sirianni and you look at the young, fresh weapons on offense, Gino, it is, again, you're not going to be good. You're not going to be a Super Bowl contender. You don't have your guy anymore in Wentz or your Super, Super Bowl winning coach and Doug. So that all makes it tough to swallow. And then you hear all the front office turmoil. But the on-the-field product, the players and the coaches this year, I think are going to be very likable, which is a nice change mm-hmm. of pace because this offseason, they've been anything but likable. So the players and coaches, though, I think they're going to change that up in a couple months. That's what I believe, ultimately, Lou. I, I As much as we have been incriminating of Jalen Hurts and like we're kind of suspect of what he can do. It's going to be fun to see what they can do because it's it's just going to be a whole new breath of fresh air. It's not Bradford in 2015, right? Where you know what they're going to be this. There are still elements of the team that we had from the past, but it's not like we burned the whole house down. We have nothing there. Like, no, we took that reclaimed wood and made it into something nice. Like we still have that offensive line, which is our foundation, Now, how can we build it up with players that meet the modern game? Because the offensive line comes down to zone versus versus power. I mean, there's two things there. That's what it comes down to. It is a very technical position, but it's zone or power. Wide receiver, running back, tight end, offense. Separate that from the offensive line. That is a... That's just a chess match 24-7 in the NFL. You have to constantly be moving, constantly have the defense on their toes... The last couple of years, Lou, it felt like they were just handing out children's books with how big their lettering was and what they were going to do week in and week out. It's like, okay, play number one, screen pass to Elshon Jeffrey. Yeah. It's like, why? Why are we doing or this? Or Greg Ward. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those two got more screens than Rager, Quez, all your fast guys. Yeah, you're going to see elements of Devonta Smith getting down the field. You're always going to see him work the intermediate level as well in the shallow areas. Same thing with Miles Sanders, who hopefully can get back to his 2019 receiving form where yeah. he was your best downfield threat on offense. That skill just doesn't disappear. At, and maybe the best in the NFL at running back. A hundred percent. And then you add these Kenneth Gainwells and these guys with all this speed. And now you're 
chessboard is actually filled with chess pieces rather than black and red checkers that you were playing with before because that's what it was you just lined up your guys and okay this checker doesn't work i gotta go to another checker it's like no now we can make this offense look fun like if you watch kansas city in their playoff run or watch tampa bay it's it's motion after motion after motion after motion and seriani has this young offensive mind that had to adapt three years in a row, now a fourth year in a row. That's what gives me confidence, Lou, because they have all these new weapons that you could put into position, fortify your offense, mm-hmm. and really come at them with full speed, 24-7 on offense, and making defenses guess who's going to be out there. I mean, you're not guessing between Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, but you're going to guess at the outside positions all the time. You're going to guess at running back. You'll probably guess at tight end until Zach Ertz is moved. And that's the thing that keeps offenses in the NFL on top of defense, especially defenses this year when guys can now wear single-digit jerseys and it's going to throw off quarterbacks. Yeah, sure. Offensive minds have to use as much motions and pre-snap ideas as possible to get a leg up. And it just... What they have, it puts me in a way better headspace knowing that they can actually do that because they couldn't do that before with Elshon Jeffrey because what are you going to do? Send him on an orbit motion? Who's that right. for? Nobody. Exactly. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri getting into the likability of this Eagles offense in 2021. I think it's going to be a very exciting offense. Again, not sure how successful they're going to be in the win-loss column, but should be a fun product to watch. We'll get into this a little bit more in one final segment of this Friday edition of Locked on Eagles. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Before we do that, we have a message from our friends at Built Bar. What is your favorite Built Bar flavor, Lou? I'm going with the orange chocolate and the peanut butter brownie have been the main one so far. Got I'm, I'm it, weird brother. with chocolate, man. I like white chocolate, orange chocolate. I'm a little bit strange, but Built Bar has got me on that. <laughs> I've been moving into vanilla. I, yeah. I was a chocoholic for the longest time, but there's one flavor that never gets out of my mind, and it's one of the nine delicious flavors that Bill Bar has, and that's mint brownie. I think mint mm. just makes everything better. I know a lot of people don't love mint, but I do. I love mint, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cherry, raspberry, coconut almond, and original coconut. So there's something for everybody, Lou. You like chocolate? I like vanilla and mint. I think there's something for everybody. And you know what's in my favorite box? I always get a box of mint chocolate brownie. As always, they're the best. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best, but they're healthy too. They only have four grams of sugar and four net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or chocolate like Lou likes. But before Mother's Day, which is Sunday, by the way, if you didn't Mm -hmm. know, you can get your mom some Built Bars. If your mom is one of those athletic individuals that likes to make sure she has a nice, healthy snack on her way to the office or wherever she goes throughout the day, get her a box of Built Bars. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. So use that promo code LOCKED15 to use the promo code LOCKED15, 15% off. Go to BuiltBar.com and get your Mother's Day gift there or get any gift for yourself or anybody that you love go to builtbar.com and the lockdown podcast network thanks them for the sponsorship all right everybody welcome back into this friday edition of locked on eagles louis dibiase gino camilleri wrapping up five episodes this week we're going to start up five again next week so subscribe wherever you get your shows you know it's the dead zone right post draft i mean gino we continue to churn out shows so 
be sure to subscribe because we're still doing five a week. And today, Gino, we're talking about the likability of this Eagles offense. The Eagles in general this offseason, not very likable with all the stories about the front office, getting rid of your quarterback, your coach. But you look at there's going to be a nice fresh energy with this offense specifically with Jalen Hurts and all these young weapons and with Nick Sirianni as the head coach. And, you know, we've been talking about the entertainment level more so than the wins loss column, right? We mentioned the 2010 Eagles, 2013, 2016 um, like the 2019 Cardinals last year's Carolina Panthers team. But I also don't want to say that this is like a four win team like they were last year either. I mean, I've seen multiple 2022 mock drafts already that have the Eagles taking a quarterback in the top six. And while you guys know that's music to my ears, I'm not sure how realistic that is. Like, I don't think they're a title contender in 2021. They have a long way still to go in this rebuild. But does that mean they can't win the NFC East, Gino? Like you compared it to the Big 12. I don't know. You look at it. They have the easiest road schedule in the NFL this year. They've got potentially top tier offensive and defensive lines, a strong running game and a quarterback that not sure how good he's going to be, but we do know how good he is late in games on big stages. So would it be surprised if they stole some games this year and they went 10 and seven, which is weird to say again, because of the 17 game schedule, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I could see even again, maybe not making the playoffs, but like Seven and 10 seems like a very realistic range for this team based on all these things. I wouldn't be surprised too if they went five and 12, but like if they had a season where they won double digit games like they did in 2013, surprisingly out of nowhere, despite the holes, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, especially in the NFL where it all comes down to how you do in those one score games. Can you continually put up points? And if they're doing what we expect them to do on offense, Defense is a whole nother question, and a, that's another week-long conversation that we can have. Mm-hmm. Your offense really can put you in a position to win a lot of these games, which last year I, we believed, okay, how long can this defense hold off yeah. before it eventually cracks and right. our offense is going to score 20 points a game, and if not, we're going to lose. But looking at it now, Lou, yeah, I, I can see there being games where – you're playing a, a Washington, for example, right? And their offense just can't get it clicking, right? They just can't get off off on the right foot. Same thing with the Giants. Like, as, as good as they are, there could be a game where Philly just comes out hot and they're cooking, and that could happen in the division easily. You play the Jets as well this year. You yep. play the AFC West, which is going to be a tough matchup. There are games to win on this schedule especially because when you look at the NFL, how much has shifted in this off, I mean, off season, the power struggle. I mean, outside of Tampa, like I was going to say, maybe the second best team in the NFC. That, that's what I'm going to say. Like outside of Tampa in the NFC, who is a threat to you? I mean, you know, Rogers going to be out of, out of green Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm not it's saying a threat to, to go and win a Super Bowl. Like we're sure. not that at all. They're right. in a much better place, but any given Sunday, man. I mean, we beat Green Bay multiple times in back-to-back seasons. I would say with an inferior roster, both times you go out there and beat them. Why can they not do that now? Like, why can't they go out there and and upset a team like San Francisco or Seattle? I mean, they're bound to beat Seattle eventually. Law of averages. It could happen. You're going to be in games this year, especially with a young unit where it just seems like young guys tend to play harder, you know, like they're in the front end of their career. They got nothing to lose going forward. Like put it all on the line. I, I believe that Jalen hurts is going to play like a man possessed this year. If he wants to keep control of his team as he should, he's going to have to, yeah, he's going to have to. So there's no reason to say that they couldn't win six to seven games this year, winning a wild card spot. 
maybe because of the seventh. Yeah, you could factor that in. But I don't know. But being eighth to ninth in the NFC wouldn't shock me in the slightest, honestly. BetOnline.ag has the Eagles with the lowest odds in the NFC East, but you know that might be a good bet to throw your money because again, I like Washington's roster better mm-hmm. and probably New York and Dallas is too. But it's I, I love that you mentioned the Big Twelve as the NFC East, and I, I think it's going to be like that. Where honestly, for non fans, for fans that are not in the NFC East, you might actually enjoy the NFC East on primetime football this year. Who knows? Because all four are going to be able to put up points, even though only one pretty much has an established franchise quarterback. And I think the Eagles going to be that too. Again, I'm not like thrilled with where they are right now, but I am very excited about, I think they're going to be way more bearable on the field this year than they were in 2020. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Eagles, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your shows. We're available on all platforms five times a week. And then also always talking birds on Twitter at DBASI LOE at GC24 underscore football and at Locked on Birds. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. It's been another week of Locked on Eagles. We'll see you next week. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.